Good morning. Happy Monday and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Amy G and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Today's date is June 12th and we are reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We're going to be on page 53 on the second paragraph. Today's readers are, and thank you for your service, Meg F., Ginger C., Maggie S., and Libby E. The code for yesterday's special edition, the reference number for Sunday, is 10030. That's 10030. And for this morning's 7 a.m. Eastern Time Vision for You meeting, it's 10032. That's 10032. Away preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overreader who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Maggie S. to read the 12 steps. Go ahead, Maggie. Star one to unmute, Maggie. Hi, this is Maggie nope. S. I'm sorry, I dropped my phone. Um, okay, this is Maggie S. Recovering in Western New York. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take a personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service and I pass. Thank you so much. I will now ask for Libby E. to read the 12 traditions. Go ahead, Libby. 
Thank you, Amy. Good morning. I'm Libby E. I'm compulsive eater in New York. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except the matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OAS Dutch ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Libby. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you go over, you'll hear me say time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify, please, as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. And if you can avoid speaking on speakerphone, that would be great. Today we resume our study in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the chapter We Agnostics on page 53, uh, starting with that second paragraph. And I'm going to ask Meg F. to take it away. Go ahead, Meg. Good morning. Thank you. Good morning, visionaries, and Amy, thank you for your service. This is Meg F. Recovered in California. When we became alcoholics, Crushed by a self-imposed crisis, we could not postpone or evade. We had to fearlessly face the proposition that either God is everything or else he is nothing. God either is or he isn't. What was our choice to be? Arrived at this point, we were squarely confronted with the question of faith. We couldn't duck the issue. Some of us had already walked far over the bridge of reason toward the desired shore of faith outlines of the promise of the new land 
had brought luster to tired eyes and fresh courage to flagging spirits. Friendly hands had reached out, stretched out in welcome. We were grateful that reason had brought us so far, but somehow we couldn't quite step ashore. Perhaps we had been leaning too heavily on reason that last mile, and we did not like to lose our support. That was natural, but let us think a little bit more closely. Without knowing it, had we not been brought to where we stood by a certain kind of state? Or did we not believe in our own reasoning? Did we not have confidence in our ability to think? What was that but a sort of faith? Yet we had been faithful, objectively faithful to the God of reason. So in one way or another, we discovered that faith had been involved all the time. Thank you. To talk about faith, it seems to me that the paragraph is paragraphs are about faith. And it leaves me kind of shaky. I'm not quite sure. Um, if I have faith, I've always had faith, but really different than having faith that works. So I like that it says that we'd already walked far over the bridge toward the desired shore of faith. As if, yes, we have had a desire. I have had a desire. Many of us for decades in the program have had a desire to have enough faith that a difference would be made in our compulsion, our obsession, obsessiveness, our obsession, and our, our problems, but it wasn't enough. And I had a flagging spirit. I have had it for years and years. I've also had good things and wonderful things, but partly I was just weighed down. So couldn't quite step ashore, leaning perhaps too heavily the last mile on reason. I don't even think of myself as a reasoning person. I think of myself as kind of off the handle or I don't really think things through. But reason, maybe it's, it, well, how is it different than faith? You know, it, it, faith means you can't know it. You can't know it. My sponsor says the whole point of it is it's unknowable. It has to be bigger than me. It has to be something, if I can know about it, it isn't big enough. You know, it's like, the whole point of it is that it's bigger than me. So I love that this paragraph gets put together at the end of the page, that it was natural. That was natural, but let us think a little more closely. And then he spins this about how we'd already been faithful. And I don't mean to use the word spin in the wrong context. But he just creates this, this paragraph to read about belief, belief in reasoning belief in our confidence, our confidence in our ability, our ability to think and faith in thinking. And I really have been objectively faithful to thinking that, that I could think this through, that I have a right to plan my life, plan my children's life, plan my husband's life, plan everything. <laughs> reason. Um, so one way or another, I have been reasoning my way through and now I'm left with this new proposition that God is either everything or he is nothing. I was discussing this with my husband last night, and he's like barking at me like, well, what did that mean? How did that? What did that? He couldn't get his brain around the thought of it at all. And I think, um, yes, fair enough. You know, like he hasn't been studying this, and he doesn't need to. So he doesn't have that much part of the first paragraph where it shows like he has been crushed by self-imposed crisis to the point where you have to, Make this step ashore. 
for me, faith is, I hope, the peace that's changing this. Faith, I believe, is the peace that no man, no man, no man, no man. Just, just what do you think? God would have you do. What does God want you to do? Who does God want you to be? And with that, I will pass. Thank you for having me share. Thank you, Meg. So we're going to open it up for sharing now. Uh, on topic, and we're going to be focusing on the the third and fourth paragraphs. If you could, please, starting on page 53, going over to the top of 54. That's Sylvia. Karen T. Rocky I. I think it was Beth W. was the first person I heard. Karen T. Rocky I. Did you get me? This is Sylvia. Sylvia. No, I did not. Thank you. Okay. Okay, so Beth W. I'm sorry, someone else? I was going to say Stacey S. I'm sorry, I'm having trouble hearing you. Stacey S. Aha. Stacey is that better? S. There we go. That is better, yes. Thank you. Okay. Anybody else? Okay, so we have Beth W., Karen, Karen T., Rocky I., Sylvia F., Stacy S. All right. Okay, I thought I heard a Beth in there, but maybe not. All right, Carrie T., go ahead, please. Hi, this is Karen T. Can you hear me? Karen, Karen T., yes. Thank you yep. very much. Go ahead. No problem. Hi, I'm Karen T., compulsive overeater from Louisiana. And... um. I remember wanting to believe. And the people around me, those friendly hands stretching out and welcome, I remember that. And um, the reason that had brought me to want to believe was that I couldn't stop eating. It all comes back to step one for me every time. I couldn't stop eating. My way was not working. My life was unmanageable. I had the bedevilment that we read about on page 52 last week. I, um, and these people had this, um, this, this lovely thing that I wanted. They were happy and I wasn't. Um, but my problem was that I did, the fear, the fear. I didn't trust a higher power. I had not come to believe in a power greater than myself that could restore me to sanity. I had this fear that if I turned my will and my life over, that I would become like the hole in the donut, as it says, that I would, wouldn't would be me anymore. Um, I would sort of cease to exist somehow. Or this new higher power would want me to go be a missionary in Africa. And there's nothing wrong with being a missionary in Africa. It's a wonderful idea, but I just, that's not what I wanted for my life. I wasn't in my master plan, and I didn't want to lose control. Um, and so this, this idea that there is a God of reason, that I was being so logical that that was a type of faith, was helpful. Um, you know, that I uh, had some faith all along. That kind of trips me up sometimes. Um, and I think it's brilliant that this um, chapter 
talks about that. Talks about our need to have God, step one, and that we already do believe in some things, and life isn't only rational. We already have this sense of awe and faith in us. And um, that's very good news. So if you are out there, here's some friendly hands reaching out. Um, I am not in Africa. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, my life is just better and better and better. And um, God is doing for me what I could not do for myself. So with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Karen T. Rocky I, it's your turn. And then Sylvia F. is up afterwards. Star one, Rocky. Hello, good morning. Can I be heard? Yes. Okay, so this is Rocky, recovered in Tempe, Arizona. And I I love my big book, but um, this chapter of the agnostic, I was such an agnostic, uh, so ignorant. And I love this uh, line which says, God is or God isn't. And it's like, here we are, we're at this point, um, and I picture it as a as a why. Is God is or God isn't? It's not about diet, it's not about uh, more methods of how to stop eating. Um, it is a spiritual solution, and um, I remember being at this point. God is or God isn't? And... I took a chance, and I said, okay, not willing, and if you have hurt me, I have not done this very happily, but I've been willing, and it's like, okay, God is, I guess. Uh, um, there is a God, and there's and it's not me, and um, when I got that, when I got that knowledge, when I became um, aware of that, that yeah, there is a God and it's not me, uh, life changed. And so to the newcomer, uh, stay, get your big book, study it. Again, you don't have to do it happily. You just have to be willing. Just be willing. Um, you suddenly needed a mustard-sized seed so that faith can grow. And um, so how is it today? Today I live a God-centered life. My, I came for the weight, and uh, my program has been able to restore not only my body, but my relationships. I was on the verge of divorce. Today I like the man, uh, and I'm looking at him. And so <laughs> uh, Today I like the man, and this is only by God because... Um, I I was done, and so uh, to the newcomer, just stay, just be willing, don't be happy, you'll be surprised at what will happen. If you go through the big book and you do not recover, we will give you back your misery, I can guarantee you, we will not keep it, but give yourself a chance. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Rocky. Sylvia F., your turn with Stacy up on deck. Good morning, everyone. This is Sylvia F., a recovered compulsive overeater in California. And, uh, you know, I too, you know, it's this idea of faith. And the idea of faith is, is that I don't know, but I can still believe. Um, and, and it's a process. I didn't start there. You know, I, I often think of it as a muscle that uh, I have to start. And, it, it, you know, it's 
nice and flabby. It has no toning. And every day that I pick up this, uh, the, uh, the steps of faith and I work towards faith is where I get the muscle so that when I need this faith, I have it. And today I need the faith. And uh, what I wanted to talk about is also the uh, friendly hands had stretched out in welcome. And the thing is about the program is, you know, I'm recovered. I've been recovered for a while. And, um, and so this is how it works for me. I just thought this is so perfect for me today is that um, I had to go. I had to go. It was literally I had to go to a wedding this weekend. And it was very hard for me to pick out what I would wear. I don't know. Some of you men probably can also uh, relate because my body has changed a lot. And so I wore, you know, a spandexy thing and, and went to the wedding and um, trying to feel comfortable in my own body. That's, that's hard, feeling comfortable in my own body. Recovered has meant that I have felt comfortable in my own body. And so um, I went and I could see my mind changing during this event from being comfortable inside of my body, being comfortable with me, to, you know, the whole craziness that I get in my mind. I didn't wear the right thing. I didn't stand out. People are looking at me, whatever, not feeling comfortable. And uh, I saw a picture of myself just this morning and totally set me into panic, panic. Oh, how could I have done that? Everybody knows, you know, because I feel a fraud. I feel a fraud in my own body. The reason I, I bring this up is that the, what recovery means for me today is that I can feel these feelings and know that they are crazy thoughts, they are lies, and that all I have to do is reach out my hand to the friendly hands to all of you in the meeting I can call my sponsor, I can call my spiritual tribe and do a 10-step, and I can get out of these thoughts and be okay in my body, again, in my mind. And for me, when I, before I got recovered, I lived my whole life being so uncomfortable being me that for me, the gift of recovery is being okay with me, and how do I get that? It is through God. My first thought this morning is like, and my time is up, I'll wrap up. Uh, it, my first thought when I was, you know, starting my meditation is, uh, God, you're going to have to help me with this because I'm not okay with myself today. I go to God. And I will be okay today, and I will not go to food for ease and comfort. I have the program. I have all of you. I have God. I pass. Thank you, Sylvia. Around to the wire. <laughs> <laughs> Stacey, it is your turn. Please go ahead. Hi, this is Stacey S. from Pennsylvania, um, recovered compulsive overeater. Um, I still struggle with saying that. It just doesn't feel right sometimes. But I am recovered from compulsive overeating one day at a time. And, um, you know, I am at a state, in a state of gratitude this morning. Um, because I am able to see how for so long, I've always believed in a higher power, but I've always really thought that that higher power was not really like there for me. I thought that my higher power was there for everyone else, but because I'm so defective, because I can't do this and I can't control that and I this and that, 
you know, all the things that go into making me um, completely um, insane um, and always led me to the food, I'm able to see today that although I've always had a faith in a higher power that I believe to be God, um, I've often lived like I'm an agnostic, you know, like the trust issue is so, such a core issue with me that um, I had to really, I'm really doing a lot of work and stepping back and saying, you know what, God can remove this, you know, God can remove um, my compulsion to overeat today, just for today, and God can remove my compulsion to control today. God can remove my fear today. And in that, in, in, those, in that mindset, it's me or God speaking through me to myself that he is everything because he either is everything or he is nothing. And today I'm able to see that he is everything. And I can see my higher powers fingerprint on every aspect of my life. Definitely not in my timing. You know, I would have been spiritually fit 15 years ago had it been up to me. You know, I tried my best to um, do great works and, and, and to be this spiritual person, but I just, the trust was not there. And today, for this moment, I am trusting that my higher power has my best interest for me, and that includes clean food, that includes a clean mind, and a clean soul. And so with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Stacy S. Okay, we're going to take another group of shares. Who would like to share on what was read? Focusing on that second and third paragraph, uh, third and fourth paragraph, sorry. Don't be shy. This is Stacy K. Stacy K. Terry H. I'm sorry, I missed that. Somebody H? Terry. Terry H? Mm-hmm. Okay. Kathleen Terry O. Terry KB. Kathleen O. Sherry KB. Oh, Sherry. Okay. Sherry KB. Jody EQ. Jody EQ. And there was someone else? Reggio. Reggio. Let's stick myself in there. Anybody else? Okay, we'll go with that. Stacy K followed by Terry H. Go ahead, Stacy. Press star one. Hello, this is Stacy Cook um, from Stacy K from Colorado. And um, I'm a compulsive overeater, and I I can't help but think about this God of reason, and I'm so grateful that that God gave me brains to use, right? And and that I have self, you know, I have will, I have my own will as well, and but I just take it too far, you know, I've t- I take it too far, I. Um, try to think things through and I try to figure things out and I try to manage and I there's one thing that I absolutely can't figure out manage or control myself and that is 
you know, my eating. Once I start eating compulsively, I can't stop. You know, I pick up those, you know, that heroin or that, that, that the foods that cause the allergy, and I can't stop. And worse yet, you know, I can't manage the decision to stay stopped. So I, you know, I, I think for such a long time, I kept thinking, I can handle this, I can manage this, I, I can figure it out, you know, I can find the right diet or the right exercise or the right combination of things that would, would, would solve that problem. And I needed, I needed to let go of that God of reasoning when it, especially, especially when it comes to um, my eating and, and this disease. And so, um, yeah, my faith has to be not in, not in me, but a power greater than myself. And, and that's where I need to lean into. It doesn't mean I have to stop using my brain and, or any of that, or not, ha- not be able to, you know, make choices elsewhere in my life, but not when it comes to this disease. And not when it comes to compulsive overeating and what you know what goes in my mouth and, and whatnot. So I'm just really grateful to be here. I'm really grateful to know that, and um, that's all I have. Thanks. Thank you, Stacy K. Terry H. It's your turn. Kathleen O. On deck. Go ahead, Terry. Hi, everyone. Thanks, Amy, for your service. My name is Terry H. I'm a recovered compulsive eater in North Carolina. Oh, yeah. Friendly hands had stretched out and welcome. You know, when I um, was working the steps and when I was willing to believe in a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity, you know, it was like almost that moment of like a friendly hand reaching out. And, you know, for me, today in my recovery, God is either everything or he isn't. God, each day today in my recovery, when I surrender and I trust, um, he is able to show me more and more each day that how big he is, how loving he is, um, how awesome she is. You know, my higher power, I am closer and present in my life after working those steps and having a spiritual experience to my higher power than I ever have been. You know, I've tried everything, you know, reason, knowledge, self-sufficiency got me only so far. And every time my disease kicked me in the butt and brought me right back, spiraling. Um, And, you know, once I was able to put those foods down, work those steps, and have that connection and know that I can't do it, I cannot do it, and turn it over to my higher power and and surrender that peace and that trust, you know, it has opened up so much in my life. You know, I just had two children graduate from high school, my son and my stepdaughter, family, food, chaos, teenagers everywhere. And, you know, there were some hiccups here and there. Nothing goes off perfect. But I had my program to work, and I'm so grateful for that. You know, it was I was present for it. I was so grateful for that, you know, to be there, not running away, not hiding in shame and fear. And I'm so grateful. It was a wonderful experience, and I'm so proud of them. And, you know, for that, I am grateful for this program and what it's given me, my life, and a day, another day 
to walk this journey. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kathleen O. Good Sherry, morning. Oh, I'm sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. I was about to skip over you by accident. (laughs) I don't want to do that, so please go ahead. Thank you. This is Kathleen O, recovered in California. Um, Good morning, everyone. Um, You know, I came in, I I was so powerless. I couldn't, you know, I would go on diets and I I would be successful on many of them. Um, but I couldn't stay stopped, and I, I'd start to eat again. And as soon as I did, I would think I could control it, but I couldn't. I just couldn't stop. Once I started, I couldn't stop. And so to come in and, you know, have a faith in something, a power greater than me, it was like, okay, I'm going to try this. And and it was really amazing. And, and I have to say that as I went through the steps, you know, the it sort of morphed into this bigger, um, I don't know, the power just kept getting bigger in it, and I was able to trust it more and um, and just have this faith that, you know, I was going to be safe and protected by this, this higher power that I had. You know, it was my concept. It wasn't the one I grew up with, but it was a concept, you know, love and beauty and truth. And, and um, it was... It's it's just so amazing, and, you know, I find that just like, you know, the shower I took yesterday isn't going to keep me clean today, I have to I have to wake up and do what I did yesterday all over again, because if I don't, I'm going to go back into some major character defects, and I'm going to decide I can control the food. So what's really amazing today is when I keep that spiritual connection with my higher power, when I work this program, I get the answers. I get answers when I'm not sure what to do. Um, you know, I've learned that I can't have faith and fear. They don't go together, so I can choose one or the other. And when I trust and have faith that I'm going to get the answer from my higher power, I'm going to be taken care of, somehow things always seem to work out. And I love that I don't have to control other people or things. I love that I don't have to control my husband. Um, He particularly loves it. And it's just, um, if if I continue to wake up every morning and do what I did yesterday, I get some peace and happiness. And and I don't have to fight the food. I don't have to fight anyone else. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Kathleen O. Sherry KB, it's your turn. And Jody EQ on deck. Good morning, Amy. Good morning, everybody. This is Sherry KB in Northern California. Grateful you're covered compulsive reader. Thank you for your service today, Amy, and everyone on the line. Um, let me make sure I'm on a timer here. Um, yeah. Um, it, here we're talking about how we squarely are confronted with the question of faith and that, you know, that the luster of the tired eyes and the promise of a new land, um, you know, the courage to to um, to to go, to have trust and have faith and cross that bridge from reasoning into blind faith to, that this is going to work. And um, I don't know, it reminds me of like um, I'm a diver, and so, you know, I – when I come out of the water, I'm, I'm trusting that that, that boat's going to be there to pull me up, to pull me in. 
um, you know, when I come back up with uh, not enough air. And I have been, you know, I have been in charge for so many years of my flagging spirit, as it says. And flagging means that it's failing and and fading and and weakening and and it's declining. And so, you know, I've I've pushed and shoved and tried and done everything I could think of with my um, sound reasoning. But it, it didn't get me anywhere. And so now it's saying to me, cross over this. There's people over here saying, hey, we've done this. We can do it. So can you. And the hand is stretched out to say, come on over, Sherry. You can do this thing. And, you know, that, you know, I had to have that blind faith to cross over that it was going to happen because what I'd done so far, I'd exhausted every avenue I could. And that just, the, you know, my God of reason has gotten me into so much trouble. And it's not that I still can't have reason because once I've crossed the bridge, which I did, I crossed the bridge into faith and I got into this work, I could use my reason to get into the steps and work the steps. And the difference today is that my life is so far better than it ever was when I was face down in the food and I didn't have a faith and a power greater than myself that could restore me to sanity on a daily basis. And every day I get to do this again and again. The difference is, is I, I, I win this time. When I was face down in the food, it never got me anywhere. This, this program, working the steps, doing the deal every day, it gets better and better. I'm building that beautiful um, spiritual experience with a higher power that my life keeps getting better i keep understanding things more more gets revealed to me i get to have god help me out show me solve me help solve my problems and it keeps getting better and better i mean that to me is that speaks for itself is that even though my problems are still there i know what to do with them now because i have a power greater than myself that's helping me solve these problems through the steps and with the help and support of loving people in this fellowship. And, wow, come on over. I mean, the water's been awfully cold. Come on in. I pass. Thank you, Sherry KB. Jody EQ, it is your turn. Please go ahead with Reggie O on deck. All right. Thank you so much, Amy. Good morning. My name is Jody EQ, gratefully recovered in California. So this whole argument is trying to convince the agnostic or the atheist to believe. I'm not the best person to talk on this because I never was an atheist or an agnostic. I always did have faith even before I came into the program. But I know that I have wanted other people that I knew um, who were atheists to read this in hopes that it might convince them that there was some kind of higher power. Of course, I could never get them to read it. <laughs> that was the only problem. So I have to read it for myself. And um, when I read this about, don't I use um, faith in reason? Or don't I have a faith in reason? And if I have faith in reason, shouldn't I have faith in something greater than myself? I guess that's a good argument. I don't know. Um, all I can say to the newcomer is, uh, why not just try it? Since it seems to be working for those of us who have recovered from this terrible disease of compulsive overeating, just give it a try. Um, 
see if you can open your mind just a little bit enough to make a decision to turn your will and your life over to the care of that power that you don't even understand, that is a mystery to you. All you know is that you don't have enough power to abstain from compulsive overeating and to stay abstaining over the long haul. So if that be the case, you need a power greater than yourself because clearly yours is not working. So just try it. You don't have to even define that higher power. There's something greater than you that can restore you to sanity and that's working for me and for many, many others. And I, frankly, I don't know what that power is. It is a mystery to me. I don't try to label it or define it exactly. I seem to have faith in everything that is beautiful and good and I, I have faith in love. I have faith in all the good things, all the beautiful things, all the things that bring me a sense of peace. And that's enough for me. And I also have faith in this fellowship and in this meeting. And I can turn my will, which is everything I think I want, and my life, which is everything about my life, over to the care of something greater than me, and what I find when I do that is that my life continues to get better and suddenly I have the power I need to abstain and to do the next right thing, which is all that my higher power really asks of me, is to do the next right thing in this moment. And as I do that, my life gets better and better, just like everyone else I've heard on the line today. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Jody E.Q. Reggie O., it's your turn. Please go ahead. Thank you, Amy. Good morning. This is Reggie O., gratefully recovered in the Los Angeles area. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, I, was, I, I have to say to myself, you know, that this begins with God either is or isn't, you know, or God isn't. God is everything or God is nothing. And in getting on that, you know, that bridge, that, that crossing the bridge of, of reason, in which is a growing faith, because we're, you know, you're saying we're moving, we're moving to the shore, and it's that last step. There have been all of these, like, friendly hands and, uh, and, and, and really evidence, uh, you know, evidence of this higher power that is doing for people what they can't do for themselves, because that's, you know, that's one of the reasons that I keep walking across that bridge. And it is, I get, you know, I get that. Uh, it's that last step. It reminds me of the, the, the leap of faith, you know. God is either everything or God isn't. So, okay, I'm going to take this leap here and give, give my life over as a, you know, as a decision. We're not there yet, but, you know, give my life over. And it's kind of, and then there's that moment, you know, is God going to be there to catch me? Um, but, you know, it's, it's like... Um, and the truth is, yes, every time, you know, every time that I have done that, every time that I turn anything over to God, it's far better than anything I've ever, you know, anything that I could have ever dreamed for myself. And I think, you know, I, I, I've been blessed with a pretty good mind and, uh, but my, and, and thinking, you know, but without God, I, I can't really trust what I've tried to trust and use for everything before, which is that, you know, that God of reason, my thinking mind, which has been so... Uh, you know, which had, had, had it continues to to recover and become less 
so. Uh, but my thinking was so distorted, you know, and I thought that a part, part of my thinking said I had to control everything, which never worked. I just, you know, I remember coming into the program uh, and I felt like I, I had this tightness in my back and in my shoulders and it was like the weight, kind of like the weight of the world was on my shoulders and many years ago when I was once recovered, I remember waking up one morning and it was like that weight was gone. I wasn't carrying the world around, you know, anymore, but truly God was carrying me at that point and, and is so, and is so again as I do this. So I can only use my my reason when it's not my God, you know, like anything, food, reason, thinking. When I put anything before, you know, my God, it's not going to work. But when I choose, you know, when I can choose and remember to put my God before anything and surrender, then my thinking, then my reason, then then my my human faculties are you know, changed as we talked about, you know, as we've read before, you know, that, that psychic change that we get as a result of working this step when I turn my will and my life over to that God. And it is, a, and that's my time. That's my time. And I will say it's like, but it, and it is a path and the path is, is the steps. And uh, with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Reggio. Uh, we have time for another share. Would someone like to chime in? Okay, well, I'm going to go ahead. My name's Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive reader from Maryland. Arrived at this point, we were squarely confronted. I like it when they're not messing around here. I mean, I think it's it's significant that this chapter, We Agnostics, is the chapter prior to how it works. I mean, a lot of us want to come. I don't know about you all, but I wanted to come and open up the book to just how it works and just start working it. But the realization of the chapters before are lined out specifically in order for us to understand what the disease is, the twofold allergy, I mean the twofold nature of the disease, the physical allergy and the mental obsession, and then identifying in and then understanding whether this is who and who and what I am. And if this is who and what I am and I am powerless, then you know, what am I going to do? What's my remedy? And it's a spiritual one. It's these 12 steps. So here we have the chapter to we agnostics for those of us who struggle with faith in any form. And it says at some point, we, meaning all of us, it means that they've all experienced this, everyone who comes to program experiences this, is it the we that we get squarely confronted with this issue? Are we going to stop playing God ourselves? Are we going to, am I going to stop relying, and speaking from my own perspective, am I going to stop relying on my will, my ego, and my knowledge, and my reason to fix myself of this disease? Because if I truly have this disease, and I believe and understand and what they're saying in the chapters prior to this, then I'm in big trouble because I can't fix myself. And because of the mental obsession, my mind is even a liability. My reasoning is warped. Everything that I know that has worked for me, for me before is not going to work. And I'm going to have to have some faith in something higher, a higher power, something greater than myself, whatever that may be. And everyone has stated so eloquently this morning, you know, all we need to do is step out in faith and know that we're powerless and this program has a solution and we have people on these on these lines, you know, call it God with skin on if you want, in whom the problem has been solved, that can help us along the way. But we need to be willing. And it's interesting, too, because we're going to get to it on page 55. It says here, 
If our testimony helps sweep away prejudice and enables you to think honestly, encourage you to search diligently within yourself, then if you wish, you can join us on the broad highway. With this attitude, you cannot fail. So to the newcomer as well, I feel like we're we're a meeting talking to newcomers today, and it's great because if, if I was willing to sweep away and let go of my old ideas and I was willing to let go of prejudice and I was willing to search, I was willing to work these, tool step, these 12 steps, and to be honest, then this program works, and it's worked for me, and it could work for you too. I just had to be willing to believe in something. I had to be willing because that's what they confront us with in this chapter. And the question for me was not is God either is or isn't. The question for me was, was I going to stop playing God or not and then believe in something greater? And for a while, like others had said, it was the 12 steps. It was the program. It was the problem in, in whom the people in whom the problem had been solved. The, my development of my higher power came through the process of working the 12 steps. That's, what, that's where it came from. And I guess with that, I will pass. And we're going to go ahead and wrap up the meeting. I would like to thank everyone who has shared. And we're now going to close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. So, Ginger C., if you could take us out, please, that would be great. Good morning. This is Ginger C. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.